Chapter 23 Reaching Out East Sepik, Papua New Guinea, 1973-2003 For Marists in Papua New Guinea and Solomon Islands, the term outreach has come to mean serving in an area or situation outside the mainstream usually in a region where there are few services and where the needs for educational ministry are urgent. It can reasonably be argued that any place in these developing countries meets the outreach criteria. Nonetheless, Marist educators, impelled by their founding charism of availability to serve where others cannot, were and are willing to leave the amenities of the towns and remain open to foregoing personal comfort and security for the purpose of educating those most in need. To travel to a remote and difficult location with a one-way ticket, to live and work among grassroots people and to stay with them when the going gets tough require a special kind of courage and commitment. This book contains many examples of Marists responding to that challenge. The East Sepik is a further illustration of how the brothers and their co-workers searched to find ways of serving the people where they were and where needs were greatest. Brother Kenyu Sheehan, Catholic Education Secretary, Wewak Diocese. In the early 1970s, the education system in the territory of Papua New Guinea was restructured as a result of the Whedon Report, which recommended that the government take responsibility for education across the country. Until that time, the various churches, particularly the Catholic missions, were the major education providers. Under the new plan, all teachers would be government employees while the churches would maintain a degree of autonomy in running their schools. Teachers, whether in government or church schools, would be paid by the government depending on their level of qualification. Brother Canute responded to a request to accept the position of Catholic Education Secretary for the Wewak Diocese just at the time the Whedon Report was being implemented. Beginning his new role at the start of 1973, Canute's first concern was to upgrade the qualifications of his teachers to enable them to receive a fair wage. In November 1973, he organised an upgrading course for those teachers and invited 10 experienced Maris brothers from the Melbourne province of Australia and several local teachers to assist. The Melbourne brothers included Frank Hopkins, Mark Needham, Neil Emmett, Evan Rohana and Austin Stevens. There were about 100 teachers undertaking the course which was held at Kindy Teachers College in Wewak, a joint venture by the Christian Brothers and the Mercy Sisters which had opened in 1968. The upgrading course was successful for these mission teachers and enjoyable and satisfying for the visiting Australians who took the opportunity to visit Kairuru and several other places around the Sepik. 
Canute spent a total of 11 years as Catholic Education Secretary, his main task being to support and encourage teachers in the diocese schools, mostly scattered throughout the remote parts of the CPIC. Canute reflects on his role. Quote, I was able to do a fair amount of influential stuff once I got the swing of things. It was a massive change from having my own little kids in my own class and having a tremendous amount of fun at the school level to suddenly finding myself with 250 teachers in 45 schools which had to be attended to, administration-wise, academic-wise and every other-wise. With the help of some very good people, we built it up. I remember I started in December 1972 with 250 teachers and at least 150 of them were my own ex-students. When I staggered out at the end of 1983, we had 84 schools and well over 300 teachers. For the first year, I was the only Maris brother living there in Wirrui Mission. That was hard, but in 1974, Brother Kevin Macken arrived on the scene. Can you first end that's the end of that quote. Can you first lived in a spare room in the priest's house? But on Kevin's arrival, the brothers were assigned a house of their own in the mission complex, a former hostel. That year Brother Terry Kane joined the new Wewak community, his role being to cater for the needs of St Xavier's on Kairaru, essentially driving around the Sepik village to purchase garden food and arrange for its transport to the island. Terry's truck accident in June 1974, that story was told in Chapter 16, brought to a sudden end his first WIWAC appointment and he returned to Australia for some time for treatment and convalescence before returning to Kairaroo. Kevin, the superior of the community, and Canute's assistant in his role as Catholic Education Secretary, describes their work in the WIWAC Annals entry of 28 January 1974. This is Brother Kevin Macken's entry. Canute and Kevin swing into top gear, handling the opening of schools, placing teachers, distributing school supplies, interviewing parents, advising school leavers, attending meetings at the district education office, consulting inspectors, arranging transport for boarding students, and visiting schools by foot, canoe, truck, boat and plane. End of quote. Canute worked hard for his teachers, providing resources, organising in services, or simply offering a word of encouragement where needed. In his role as secretary, he filled a great need and made a valuable contribution to Catholic education in the province. The teachers found him encouraging, supportive and easy to relate to. In his later years of his period as Catholic Education Secretary, he organised teacher tours to Australia. This was a scheme where teachers contributed from their salaries in order to save for a trip to Australia as a cultural exchange. Can you let a total of four groups? mostly Kindy Teachers College ex-students, in 1978, 1980, 
1982 and 1983. Over the Christmas vacation, using a borrowed bus and staying at schools or accommodation arranged by brothers in Australia, Canute and his teachers drove through Queensland, New South Wales and Victoria. These groups of male and female teachers, averaging 10 or so in each group, had a wonderful experience of Australian culture and were able to share much of their own culture with their Australian hosts. Later, Sister Anne Frances Carroll, a Mercy Sister, joined the team. Brother Herman Boyek reflects on the contribution of Canute and his team. Quote, Canute Sheehan, Kevin Macken and Sister Anne Carroll formed the religious education team. They travelled around the CPIC schools in Canute's 15-seater bus, loaded up with resources, overhead projector and video camera. They gave in services and retreats and helped the teachers in many ways. I think that was the most powerful team ever. Anne Carroll herself was trained in Ireland in catechetics and Kevin and Canute had studied at EAPI, the East Asian Pastoral Institute, in Manila. So they were hot on catechetics at that time. The older teachers around the CPIC still talk about them and still treasure the support they received in those days. So remember those are uh, Herman's comments in 2003 uh, at the time of recording this, 2021. Perhaps those older teachers have mostly retired. Kunjun Guinea. In 1976, another CPIC outreach began for the Maris brothers. In that year, brothers Terry Kane and Kevin Macken moved to Kunjun Guinea, about 120 kilometres by road southwest of Wewak, reached after four hours or more of rough driving. Meanwhile, the Wewak community, brothers Canute and Herman Boyak, shifted house to a new location at Mission Point, on the beach not far from the main Wirrui mission. From 1976 to 1982, Maris brothers worked at Kunjungini, a well-established mission station with a large community school of some 400 students. Kevin Macken, who continued as Assistant Director of Religious Education, was the superior of the community of two. Terry Kane, his companion, involved himself with School Anka, a new government initiative aimed at providing skills for village life for those not selected for high school education. Sister Mary Scanlon, a Mercy sister, worked with Terry in the Kunjungini School Anka. Melbourne Provincial Brother Walter Smith, writing in the Melbourne Province newsletter of February 1976, explained the rationale for placing Kevin at distant Guinea, and for the establishment of a community in this relatively remote location. Quote, Canute and Kevin supervised the 60 Catholic schools of the East Sepik region scattered along the coast among the islands, in the swamplands, along the mighty Sepik and in the mountains. There are few roads. Kevin's location at Guinea which is closer to the geographical centre of the district and in a high population area, will reduce the amount of travel. 
Setting up a community in Kunjan Guinea allows our brothers to get closer to the real life of New Guinea, the villages, which are the heart and soul of the country. Terry's involvement at School Anka is part of our commitment to the enrichment of village life. Later, our two local brothers will have ample opportunity for ministry at, at one of a number of primary schools around Kunjan Guinea. Maprik High School is nearby, and we are pro- considering providing a brother for the staff there as well. End of quote. The Kunjan Guinea brothers lived with the parish priest until their house was completed. For some years, the brothers, Mercy Sisters and parish priest formed an extended religious community with shared prayer times and meals, a significant support in an isolated mission. Later, brothers Melchior Jalawa, Herman Boyack, Joachim Eagle and Lambert Mann joined the community. Due to the departure of the young brothers in 1982 and to needs elsewhere, the community closed at the end of that year. Maprik High School Brother Malcolm Hall arrived at Kunjan Guinea in 1977 and began work at Maprik High School, a large provincial boarding school of about 500 students, located about half an hour by car north of Kunjan Guinea. A Mercy sister, Madeleine O'Day, was also on the staff at Maprik at that time. Malcolm Hall went to Australia for medical treatment in October of 1982, and Brother Ian McCombie replaced him, both as superior of the community of Kunjan Guinea and a teacher at Maprik. Maris Brothers Community at Wewak At the beginning of 1976, the brothers moved into a mission house on Windjammer Beach at Mission Point. The house had been a catechist centre, then later a hostel for single women, the Christian Living Centre, led by Mercy Sister Maura O'Shaughnessy. Criminal activity in the area and a shortage of sisters forced Sister Maura to close the women's centre and thus the building became available. In the Christmas vacation of 1977, Brother Coleman Carroll visited with a work crew from Australia and constructed additional accommodation. Later, in 1985, a second storey was added to one of the buildings. The next major renovation occurred in 1999, when Brother Ian McCombie upgraded the buildings, which were, at that time, used as a postulancy. The Wewak community was initially conceived as being a support community for St Xavier's Kairuru, as well as a base for Canute and Kemen during their travels around the diocese. Later, the Wewak brothers were involved in various ministries. Brother Herman Boyack joined the community in 1976 to complete his teacher training studies at Kindy Teachers College. The following year, he and Brother Melchior Jalua joined the Kunjan Guinea community and taught at the community school there. Brother Kevin Hogan was the superior of Wewak from 1976 to 1978, when the community essentially served as a base for Kairuru and Kunjan Guinea, as well as for Kanyut and his travels. During the 1980s, various brothers assisted with the purchase of supplies for St Xavier's, including Faber Turnbull, Leo McVeigh, 
and Henry Jackson, Henry from the United Kingdom. Brother Cletus Howley, a remarkable Marist, a brilliant man and an entertaining storyteller, taught at Kindy Teachers College from 1980 to 1985. Herman Boyack joining him on the Kindy staff in 1982 and 1983. Due to ill health, Cletus returned to Australia in 1985, where he died in 1989. Brother Bertrand Webster began a long period of teaching at Kindy in 1986. In 1979, Bougainvillian brothers Augustin Bailu from Buin and Peter Sinuau from Vito Village, having completed their novitiate in Fiji, joined the Wewak community and attended Kindy Teachers College. The following year, brother Robert Nomenu from Buin joined them at Kindy. These young men found the experience of living in Wewak difficult. Augustin re- transferred to Vuna Canal Teachers College in Rabaul during 1980 and left the brothers at the end of that year. Peter taught at Kunjungini and Marai in Bougainville before leaving the brothers, while Robert taught at Marai and then studied for a time in Australia before returning to teach at Rigu, from where he left the brothers at the end of 1987. Robert maintained close contact with the brothers and worked with them at Tallina in Bougainville for a number of years in the 1990s. Another aspect of the work of the brothers at Wewak was the involvement of Kevin Macken at Tangugu Catechist Training Centre in Wewak. The work of catechists in the mission plan of the church was, and remains, a vital element in the work of the church in Papua New Guinea. At Tangugu, Tangugo, Catechists lived at the centre with their families while undertaking programs which varied in duration from several weeks to two years. The courses covered scripture, liturgy, sacraments, catechetics and pastoral methods. Other services offered by the centre included training for deacons and school retreats. Kevin worked at Tangugo for some years in the late 70s and early 80s. Brother Terry Lawler assisted Kevin there in 1979. The M.V. Marcelin and Lambert Mann Another interestingly short-lived outreach project began in 1987 when Terry Kane decided to rehabilitate a disused mission motor vessel for the purpose of visiting the remote schools on the Sepik River, which were difficult to reach otherwise. There are about 30 Catholic agency schools on the river, and these schools, until then, received few visits and little support from the Catholic Diocese and Education Coordinators. Terry, with occasional help from Brother Paul Johnston, refitted the boat, painting it bright yellow. Renamed MV Marcelin, it was based at Timbunke on the river due south of Wewak, about 200 kilometres from the Sepik mouth. Later, in 1987, a grant of 2,000 kina from Missio in Germany helped to refit the boat. Lambert Mann, a former Marist brother, was assigned by Terry to take charge of the boat and to coordinate the support of the Sepik River schools. Lambert, from Kanengra village in the Biwat area, 
was one of three diocesan education coordinators in Terry's team at that time. The boat enabled the team to serve the CPIC schools for about two years, until its age and the high cost of regular maintenance caused its second retirement. Bishop Leo High School, Wewak. Bishop Ray Callis approached the brothers in 1981, asking for a Marist headmaster for the new Catholic Provincial High School to be opened at Wirui Mission. After the Kunjungini community closed in 1982, Malcolm Hall was appointed in 1983 as the founding headmaster of Bishop Leo High School, named after the flying Bishop Arkfeld. There he worked for the following five years, gradually bringing the school from its modest enrolment of about 80 year sevens in 1983 to a full year 10 school by 1986. Malcolm established a fine spirit in the school. His leadership was greatly respected, as Jeff Crow reports in his 1986 newsletter on the first grade 10 graduation. This is a quote from Jeff Crow's article. What a great day for Malcolm. 31 October, on the occasion of the blessing and official opening of Bishop Leo High School and the first graduation of Year 10s. Bishop Leo had flown himself up from Medang, where he was Archbishop at the time, and with a host of priests, led by Wewak's Bishop Ray Kalis, presided over a truly joyful Eucharist. The singing was extraordinary, even by Wirui's high standards. Each of the parishes of Wewak Town provided some colour to the occasion in traditional dancing. Malcolm calmly sat through it all, as his staff organised all the practicalities. It was a real community event, a tribute to the spirit Malcolm worked hard to develop. Tears were shed in abundance as the evening drew on and the pioneering grade 10s sadly took their leave. End of quote. Malcolm returned to Australia at the end of 1987. He resumed his work in the district in the mid-1990s when he went to Bougainville at the height of the crisis. He worked for a time in the Catholic Education Office in Booker and then on the staff of St Mary's High School, Asatavi. Returning to Australia as a result of ill health in 1996, he died in October 1998. Passam National High School The system of national high schools began in Papua New Guinea in the 1970s when, under pressure from the University of PNG and Lay Unitech, the Department of Education introduced Grade 12, essentially as a prerequisite for tertiary studies. Prior to that, Grade 10 graduates could gain entry to university, where their first year was an introductory bridging course. The national high schools accepted students from anywhere in the country, and were the only schools which catered for students undertaking undertaking grades 11 and 12. Sogeri, near Port Moresby, and Keravat, Rebel, had always been selective institutions and became the first national high school. Pasam in East Sipik and Ayura in the Eastern Highlands opened in the 1970s. 
Maris Brothers served on the Passam staff for 14 years, from 1978 to 1991. Brother Pat Howley, the first headmaster of Passam National High School, records here some memories of his five years as headmaster from 1978 to 1982. Quote, I went to Passam in 1978. At the time, I had gone there with the expectation of being senior subject master social science. But, at the last minute, the bloke that they were lining up as headmaster changed his mind. The inspector, my friend Neil Murray, asked me if I would be principal. So, I took the job by default. I rang up Walter, the provincial. Walter rang up Canute. Canute said, let him take it, give him a go. So, I had a go. When I first went up there, Terry Kane came with me as station manager. His role was essentially maintenance of the school. Later, Brother Bernie Schultz was there with me. On the community level, it was tough. At first, we were a small, independent community. Later, we were attached to the WeWAC community, although we always retained our staff house at Passam. Often I was there by myself, and it was bloody hard work. It was lonely because I wasn't one of the staff in that I was the headmaster, and I wasn't a secular like them. I got on very well with the staff, but, but there were difficulties at times. The students were the top 1% really intelligent students. In 1978, there were boys only. The girls came the following year. There was always a bit of tension in the air because the students who saw themselves as future leaders were always jockeying for positions and tended to form groups along ethnic lines. This made things dangerous at times, but it was an interesting scene. During the years that I was there, we had only one national teacher, an excellent social science teacher. All the rest were expatriates, including many from England. We had only three simple school rules. One, you must attend school. Two, you must do your share of manual work. And three, you must use your common sense. I spent an enormous amount of time on the human relations side of things. I taught nothing else. It doesn't mean to say that everything went sweetly. We had some terrible tussles. Every now and again we would run into strife and the students would refuse to cooperate. On one occasion, one group accused me of being prejudiced against them. They demanded that I meet them, so I met them. We appointed a neutral chairman and they all brought their complaints against me. I answered them. When we finished that afternoon, it was well after tea time. When all was finished, I said, Right, now you have asked me to meet you. Tomorrow I want you to come and meet me, and I will tell you all the objectives all the objections I have got about you. So they came back the next day. I just went through all my concerns. I took half an hour, whereas they took an hour and a half the previous day. It was interesting because they thought that it was great that I was prepared to meet them on their own grounds and come back at them. It is an adversarial culture. I enjoyed Passam, but I was glad to finish. After five years, I was completely worn out. That's the end of Pat Howley's quote. Other brothers who later worked on the staff at Passam were brothers Noel Hickey, Julian Quinlan, Ralph Arnell and Kevin Hoare. Postulancy training at WeWAC. 
1991, Guy Yuwangi from Munji village in the East Sepik province was the first Marist postulant to be welcomed into the Wiwak community. While at Wiwak, Guy, who was a qualified teacher, taught at Perigo Community School close to the Wiwak airport. Later that year, he transferred to the district headquarters at 16 Mile in Central Province just outside Port Moresby, where he joined two other postulants. In 1992, Brother Magella Fitzpatrick joined the Wiwak community as postulant master for the following four years. Magella's commitment to his work of promoting vocations was outstanding. He spent many weeks travelling around villages and mission stations, from remote, from remote parts of the highlands, through the Sepik, Medang and Lai. This work involved a lot of uncomfortable travel and long walks to remote villages, not easy for a 65-year-old with arthritic knees. Magello followed up his visits with regular correspondence to prospective candidates. Somehow, Magello found time to carry out some major maintenance projects on the Wiwak House, which were paid for from the thousands of kina that he raised by correction of code papers, College of Distance Education. Following a re renewal year in 1996, Magella returned to his home province of Melbourne for knee replacement surgery. Mobile once more, Magella returned to the district in 1998, where he resumed his vocation work at Chiroge in Bougainville and opened the Bougainville postulancy there in 1999, a venture which operated for three years. Magella returned to Australia at the end of 2001 ending a total of 17 years of extraordinarily dedicated service to the people of Papua New Guinea and Solomon Islands. Herman Boyack replaced Magella as postulant master at Wiwak in 1996. Brother John Paul Mauro was Herman's assistant. Brother Ralph Arnell returned to the district in 2000 to assume the role of postulant master at Wiwak. Bongos. At a meeting of the Melanesian Brothers in December 1994, the issue of an outreach opening was prominent in the discussions. The district superior of the time, Brother Ray Arthur, pursued the idea, believing it was time for the district to open a community which served a remote part of the country. Terry Kane, in his travels around the Sepik, saw the need to support schools in remote areas of the Sepik. It was he who first proposed that a Marist community could be of great assistance to the community school at Bongos, which, at the time, served several surrounding villages and had an enrolment of around 400 students. In 1996, brothers Joachim Eagle, Guy Yuangi and Terry Kane were the first community appointed to Bongos. Ray Arthur, in the district newsletter of March 1996, records the beginning of the new community and some of the early challenges. Quote, the three brothers set out for Bongos from Wiwak on 20 January. It was tough going. Their vehicle became bogged near Tao Mission and they were forced to continue the journey over mountains and through rivers on foot the following day, laden with cargo, a walk of some six and a half hours. Bongos Mission and School are at the top of a mountain. The view is truly breathtaking. 
the people are delighted the brothers have come and were genuinely surprised when school opened on time, having waited weeks in the past for teachers to arrive. On the first day, more than 100 students arrived to enrol in Grade 1. Unfortunately, there was space for only 50 in the small classroom. Guy Yuwangi, who remained on the staff throughout the four years of the brothers present in Bongos, reflects on his experience there. Quote, It was an interesting adventure for me. We felt a spirit of working as a team. When we arrived, it was like bringing life to the students. Even if it was raining or the students were sick, they would still come to school because they were really eager to learn. They always tried their best, even though they really struggled with English. The people were respectful and supportive. They provided all the garden food for us. It was an isolated spot, and we did not have the luxuries of town life. Terry's role was to visit the schools in the surrounding area, as well as being a strong support to our community. Terry stayed with us for just over a year, but then his health started to deteriorate and he went down to Weewak. He never gave up doing his job, even though he was getting sick. While in Weewak, Terry used to do the shopping for us and send it up on the plane. We were well supplied with books and resources, thanks to Terry's good organisation. End of quote. The Marist Superior General Brother Benito Abues, the Councillor General Brother Jeff Crow, visited the district at the beginning of 1997 and made the difficult trip to Bongos by a small plane to Akosame Airstrip, followed by a three-hour walk up steep mountain tracks and across a big river. Both were impressed by the simple lifestyle at Mongos and the support the brothers were providing for the teachers there. Benito compared Mongos to the remote schools in rural France founded by the founder of the brothers, Marcel and Champagne. The purpose of both was to provide Christian education to country children who were denied the educational opportunities available in more developed areas. In 1998, the school was upgraded to a top-up school with the addition of Grades 7 and 8. The school's remoteness caused some staffing problems about that time. Teachers were unwilling to work in such a remote location. The staff shortage caused a rapid drop-off in enrolments, so that by 1999 there were fewer than 100 students and the elementary grades had been suspended. Brothers who joined the community in 1998 and 1999 were Tony Mullamo, Julian Huckerman, John Tucana and John Molina. Everyone realised the need for senior brothers as a support for the younger ones in such an isolated environment. In 1996, Terry Kane was an ideal man for that role, as was Julian Huckerman in 1999. After Brother Terry Kane became ill and had to return to Australia for treatment, several problems arose among the young community until Julian Huckerman's appointment brought steady leadership and stability. Julian saw his contribution as rebuilding relationships. This is a quote from Julian. When I went to Bongos, my task as community leader was to be a pastoral person, and to support good relationships among the brothers and with the people and the parish priest. 
At that time, Father Bernard Burite, a Kairuru ex-student from Mushu Island, was at Mongos, and Father Otto Sapari was at Tau Mission, some six hours' walk away. Father Bernard was a regular visitor to our house, joining us for a meal whenever he could. He and I sometimes made the long trek together to and from Tau Mission to catch the next available mission transport to Wewak. We certainly did enjoy each other's company. On one occasion on that trip, it poured down rain, and while we were sheltering in a small garden hut, a huge tree crashed down, destroying the hut. We just escaped in time. My heart went out to the Bongos kids. I still feel very sorry that our presence at Bongos did not work out as well as we had hoped. End of quote. Because of the problems which had been experienced, the extreme isolation, and the shortage of suitable brothers for such a remote community, the District Council at the end of 1988 considered withdrawing from Bongos, a proposal which was confirmed during 1999. During his visit in July 1999, the new district leader, Brother Brendan Neely, announced to the people of Bongos that the brothers would be leaving at the end of that year. John Tukana remembers the people's reaction to that decision and some of the benefits he experienced during his short time at Bongos. His words are an interesting reflection on the complementary yet sometimes disparate tasks of nurturing Marist life and ministering to those the system has forgotten. Here's John's quote. Bongos really needed a school. It was the cry of the people. I can understand why they felt very depressed when we had to announce to them that 1999 was the brothers' last year at Bongos. They wanted their children to get an education. Brendan was the one who made the announcement that we would be leaving. The people did not want to hear that kind of news. The brothers seemed to be the only ones who were committed to the work of educating their children. There was some kind of talk about our returning at some time in the future, so the people thought there was at least a hope that we may return. But I don't think the people were happy about our departure. For the brothers, we had to make that decision. My experience at Mongos taught me that it is good for us to work in such places. Even today, looking at the energy our young brothers have, I think those are the places we should go to. If I were to go to a similar outreach community in the future, I would need someone who would be a good community leader, someone who would be supportive of the younger brothers. When I was there, both Julian and Guy were very good in that regard. I wasn't a qualified teacher, but I did all that I could about teaching the ideals I had learned about being a Maris brother. These days, I still talk a lot about Bongos. Even in my teaching, I use examples from Bongos. I talk about the needs of the students there. I enjoyed the peacefulness of the place. It gives you time to actually think about things, more personal space. I enjoyed that very much. I believe some brothers would be happy to go to places as remote as that, as long as people were welcoming. They wanted us there, and we wanted to go there. Let's do it. To work in these places of great need, it will be necessary to go away a little bit from the comfort of normal schools. The challenge comes 
when you have to work hard to achieve your goals. That's the end of John's quote. Yanguru. Within months of the withdrawal from Bongos, the District Council commissioned Brother Ian McCombie to investigate likely places for another CPIC opening, as several young brothers would be finishing their training and would be available for ministry from the beginning of 2002. With thoroughness and enthusiasm, Ian researched likely schools where the brothers might be able to assist. One criterion the new District Council insisted on was that the school should have reasonable road access to WIWAC. After visiting many possible schools and speaking to the relevant diocesan authorities, Ian presented a series of reports and recommendations to the District Council, who, at the end of 2001, endorsed Ian's preferred option for an opening at Yangaroo. The following year, Ian became superior of the new community, consisting of brothers Zebulun Suri and Elias Warau. Brother Stanley Bakare and brother Guy Yuangi joined the community in 2003. The National Brothers worked at either the Catholic Primary School or Yangaroo High School. Following the tradition of Kanyu Chian, Kevin Macken and Terry Kane, Ian McCombie began working as the Diocesan Catholic Education Office. In 2003, in the role of Vicar for Education, District Superior Brendan Neely wrote in the District Newsletter after his first visit to Yangaroo in 2002. I could see a lot of potential with Yangaroo. It answers many of the areas that have been recommended to us to work in. It's isolated. There are big needs. It has a shortage of teachers, both in the community school and in the high school. The young people have a great need to be more involved with their faith, motivated to better themselves to take on leadership roles. Yes, Yangaroo is indeed Champagne country. End of quote.